so amazing. What makes me nauseous is that we come to church, we hear it, but we don't respond to it. They just song so amazing, but yet I don't see no amazing people that's responding to an amazing God. And he's amazing to you. I mean, if you, if, if you could think of one thing that he's done for you in your life lately, you should be able to respond in a magnitude that the enemy will be mad because what the enemy tried to do to you last night, he didn't win. In fact, the enemy tried to mess with some folk this morning and because you serve an amazing God, he wasn't able to take your life. I wish somebody helped me this morning. But if I can get about three of you that can say I serve an amazing God, I know about the amazing God. He's an awesome God. He's a healer. He's the... Shouldn't take much to pump and prime you, but it shouldn't have to pump and prime you. Because if you can just think of the goodness of Jesus, I'm doing a mic check because y'all ain't hearing me, and all the things that God has done for you. The elders used to say, if I couldn't say nothing, I'll just... Do I got any hand wavers in the house? Because you ain't saying much with your mouth. So if you just wave your hand, that's a distress signal. But you're saying, Lord, I, I thank you for the activities of my limbs. I, I thank you for letting me still be in the land of the living. It's so amazing. So amazing. Since we there already, let me give you three reasons why he's amazing. He woke me up this morning. Okay, you ain't there yet. The second one is, he woke me up this morning. I got four people, I'll make five. And the last reason is, it should be evident, he woke me up this morning. Just, just, just shout out, he's amazing. You ain't gotta touch nobody, but just shout it out. He's amazing. looking at me strange, but you know he's amazing. Somebody should be shouting already because had he not been for the Lord on your side, I mean, you didn't have to have security. You didn't have to have friends that'll watch your back. But how many know when you got Jesus on your side, you should have lost your mind a long time. You should have been dead somewhere sleeping in your grave. But I thank God for Jesus because he made a way out of Amazing. 
amazing. With your manuals of life, with your manuals of life, if you would turn with me to the gospel according to St. John, John chapter 5. John chapter 5. It's your gospel of John chapter 5. If you're able to stand, you should stand in respect to the word of God. If you came in on your legs, you ought to use your legs to give reverence unto him. John chapter 5, if you're there, say amen. amen. If you're still looking, shout out Bible study. We got room for you. There's no discrimination. Amen. John chapter 5, we're going to start at verse 1. And it reads, after this there was a great feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. These lay a great multitude of impotent folk, a blind, halt, withered, waiting for the, the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. A certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Will thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another step down before me, Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. That concludes the reading. Our God and Father's preaching time. Songs have been sung, gifts have been given. Lord, we even heard your cry, our cry of your amazing. So now, God, we ask that you would still be the amazing and giving God and share yet some more crumbs from the master's table. Give it to us that we can eat till we want no more. Let me decrease and you increase in me. Hide me behind the throne. And Father, I pray they see your image upon me. Hear your voice through me. Let this word fall on fertile soil and disrupt stony ground. So now, God, I ask that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O oh Lord, I praise you. Give you all glory and adoration because you're my strength. And Lord, I love you because you're my redeemer. And the household of faith said, Amen. Amen. If you would just appease me a little bit with your attention to help me preach on the subject, the topic, coming out of a spiritual rut. Coming out of a spiritual rut. Life is full of ruts. We all know it's easy to get in the rut, but it's difficult to get out. And oftentimes we can agree that we fall into a rut at work, at home, with your family. 
These are what we would call common ruts, expected for us to deal with as we walk. But when you fall into a spiritual rut, there's a different type of feeling. And nowadays, there's some that can testify that the rut is not good when you're feeling a certain kind of way at church. Uh, yeah, it's so boggy that you can't even seem to get any type of traction when you're walking, trying to move forward, feeling confined in hopeless routines, but yet you're struggling in your spiritual journey, struggling to hear from God. Do I have a witness? And it becomes such a struggle that your prayer life becomes less. Your worship becomes senseless. Your desire to come to church is even less. You're functioning, but you're not functioning. You got many sleepless nights, uh, nights with no appetite. Your mind is all over the place. You never can seem to concentrate or stay focused. A, a spiritual rut, a place where, where, where it seems like no one can hear you, not even the Lord, because if the Lord was hearing me, I wouldn't be in this position that I'm in. This physical and spiritual rut that, that, that this Bible describes. Notice how Jesus met a man that was stuck in a rut. Not just a physical rut, but he was stuck in a spiritual rut. Because the Bible says he was there for 38 years. Which means, it, it tells us that this man suffered from a paralysis and his dreams had slowly evaporated. Why? Because of his condition and he was in it for so long and it seemed like there was no hope. Why? Because this man, he couldn't run through the fields. He couldn't dance at weddings. He, he couldn't even do what normal people would do. And after being in this position for so many years, it took a toll on his soul. And I know there's somebody here that can just slip their hand up and say, Reverend, these circumstances I'm dealing with is just too much. I, I've been struggling for too long. This pain is un, un, unexplainable and unbearable. In fact, I'm tired of the trials and tribulations. In fact, my hair is falling out. I'm sick of getting to the breaking point. But today I'm going to take a stance that no longer will I be angry over the trials that I deal with. No longer will I deal with temporal information and situations because I know it's only temporal and this too shall pass. No longer will I allow the enemy to stop my praise and my worship. No longer allow the naysayers to disrupt me at church. No longer would I allow the enemy to tell me I can't have I'm preaching and you ain't saying nothing. No longer would I allow the backbiters to look at me and smile in my face but yet I won't praise God. Today I'm coming out of the spiritual rut. Do I have a witness today? Yeah, I declare today I'm, I'm coming out of this spiritual Right. And you do know there's some folk in the church, including some preachers, deacons, ushers, and keepers that's dealing with some spiritual ruts, and you done got too sanctified that you can't tell the truth. But if I can get one that can just say, Reverend, I've been dealing with some stuff this week, and my spirit just ain't been right. But I knew if I could come to the house of God while in his presence, I know when I enter to his gates, I can enter with thanksgiving, enter to his courts with praise, and I know trouble don't last always. I'm a, I declare I'm coming.
spiritual rut. I'm, I'm trying to help somebody that ain't even in the text. Because sometimes you just have to talk to your situations. And I'm going to give you one even deeper. Sometimes you got to encourage yourself. Let, let me go a little deeper. Sometimes you got to talk to the people that's causing the rut and tell them, devil, you don't have a place in my life. Get thee behind me. Satan, is there anybody here that ever talked to Satan sometime and say, if you don't get your behind me, I'm going to do something to you and I'm going to sing Jesus on you. I declare I'm, I'm coming out of the spiritual where this text is for the believers that watch this that, that have paused and lost focus because John gives us a few ways to come out of the rut. And if you're reading the Bible in this particular sermon, this particular lesson, this particular story, you'll see he says, your circumstances are sanctified. He says it right there in verse 2 and 3 when he talks about Jerusalem, a sheep market, a pool. Watch this. Nehemiah chapter 3 talks about the porches. And here it is in John. He talks about five porches. And in Nehemiah chapter 3, the Bible says the porches were sanctified by the priest. Can I help you? Your circumstance has been sanctified specifically for you. That means your situation has been set out and set apart to distract you, disarm you, and alert you just in the manner in which it has been designed specifically for you. So then now watch this. The Bible says the porch was designed for omnipotent people. And watch this. Can I say something to you today? True spirit. You got to be careful who you let on your porch. Y'all didn't hear me this morning. You got to be careful who you let on your porch. Because not everyone can handle what you go through. Because watch this. Your situation has been designed specifically for you. And if I can really be, be, be honest with you, some people are on the porch just to see how sick you are. Stop looking at me in that tone of voice. Because here it is. We have come to a place that we would rather, and I said this at, at, at new membership class and I got to use it now. We will rely on sin to get us out of sin. You'll focus on other folk that's full of sin to get you out of the sin that you're in. Come on, help me out. Stop running to your friends trying to get some assistance and counseling. You got to learn to go to God because the Bible says, Seek ye first and the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. Shall I wish I had somebody that could say, Rabbit, I'm tired of calling in to the 1-800 hotline. I'm tired of calling my friends because they got more problems than I do. But when I talk to Jesus... How many know just a little talk with Jesus? I wish I had some people that talk to him sometimes. It'll make everything all right. Yeah, you, you, you have to, you have to be careful who you put on your porch. Uh, because here it is, some people that are on your porch can make you helpless. Because the text says they were blind, 
halted and withered. Now watch this. Come here, Job. Y'all know Job didn't have a worry in the world. But watch this. When Job got in the presence of people while he was going through his struggle, ain't it funny how people can laugh at you when you're going through? Ain't it funny how people look at you and say you deserve what you got, but yet they want to know how they can get what you got? You just missed that shout cue. But how many know that was a man by the name of Job? And the Bible says he was stricken with sickness, but yet he did not sin or be angry with God. Even though his wife came, she said, you ought to cuss your God and die. But when you're going through some stuff, how many know when the power of God is in you, you can talk back to her and say, you don't sound like no, no wife of mine. It ain't got to be your boyfriend, your girlfriend, but you don't sound like no wife of mine. Get the... This spiritual ruts, it, it, it causes us not to recognize your circumstances have been sanctified specifically for you. And watch this. In your trials, in your delivery, God would not allow, watch this, he would not allow the helpless to be a part of your blessing. Can I help you for a second? If he knows the enemy comes to kill Steal and destroy. He's not going to allow the enemy to stop you while you're in your blessing moment. Because if it's the enemy's job to kill, steal, and destroy, it's his job to hold you back as you're being elevated. Talk to me, somebody. Sometimes you just have to say, baby, I got to let you go because you're holding me down. You're too much weight in my life. You're too many trials and tribulations. You're too much drama. That's a mixture of stress and drama. And say, now, if I give it all to Jesus, he'll make it all all right. If I keep looking to the hills for which come in all my help, all of my help, I wish y'all shout back at me, come from the Lord. Somebody shout out, I'm coming out. I'm coming out. I'm, I'm coming out. But not only is your circumstances sanctified, but John shows us that some people like to stay in seasonal conditions. You got your Bible? Look at verse number four. It says simply, for an angel went down at a certain season. You catch that? Just because... It's not going the way you want it to go. Does not mean you just sit and wait without being grateful for what it is. And let me help some church folk. Sometimes you ain't going to get your way with everything you want. But that don't mean you sit down on the works of God. Because the Bible says, come on, Joel, talk to me. Naked I came into the world. Naked I leave. The Lord get it. And the Lord will take it away. Sometimes you just got to bite the bullet and say, if that's what you need me to do, God, I'm willing to do it because I said I'll be a follower and not a leader. I said I'll be your disciple. I can't tell God what to do and I can't tell him what I'm not going to do. I declare I'm coming out. And here, here it is. That the fact of the matter is your humility 
it, it, it's, it, it's the level of your humility that determines when your season starts and ends. Yeah, yeah. Because here it is. The Bible records if you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, he, he will exalt you in new season. And watch this. Some people would rather walk, continue to walk in what they have instead of walking into what's about to be given. And, and I put it in this mind frame. Some folk like being old. Some people like living in the past because you're afraid when you move forward, you might have to let go of some stuff that's been holding you down for 20 years. It's no reason to join the church in 2015 and still be the same in 2019. If you look back over your life, he's brought you through danger scene and unseen some trials and tribulations didn't keep you down, but God let it go. I have to let go and let God have his what? Help me, Holy Ghost. Here it is, your, your level. It's your level of humility that determines when your season starts. Not only that, watch this. You have to be willing to live in your season until your season comes. And some folk have gotten to the point that because you're saved, you shouldn't be going through some stuff. But when your humility is in the right place, God will deliver you to the place he really purposely and planned for you to be in. Okay, you're not tracking me. Be not weary in, in well-doing before in due season you shall reap if you faint not. Okay? I'm blessed in the city. Blessed going in. Blessed coming out, but I got to go through the city first. Yea, though I walk through the valleys and shadows of death, some trials and tribulations because I had no reason to fear because God is with me. Oh, yeah, I'm blessed in the city. And yet, some people still ain't tracking me. So talk to me, Solomon. Ecclesiastes 3, to everything there's a season, a time for every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up what's planted, a time to kill, time to heal, time to break down, time to build up, time to weep, time to laugh, time to mourn, time to dance, time to cast away stones, time to gather stones, time to embrace, time to refrain from embracing, time to get close, time to get loose, time to keep, time to rend, time to soar, time to be silent, time to speak, time to love, time to hate, time for war, time for peace. Everything got a season, so don't live in your hellish situation. Don't live in death because God said, I come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. Look at somebody and say, it's time to change up. It's time to change up. My season, it's time for me to change up. I, I've been walking around with thorns on me. It's time to change up. So, so as I look at the text, what I saw John was showing us with this story is that the first thing, how you come out of your 
spiritual rut is that you have to take an honest look of your disposition. An honest look. Because notice, Jesus asked the man what would have appeared to be an insensitive question. Do you want to get healed? Some Bible said, will thou be made whole? However you dice it up, he asked him an insensitive question. Because why would Jesus ask such a harsh question to a helpless man? Y'all with me this morning? And the reason is God wants us to admit your true condition. And watch this. He wants you to be truthful and watch this. Not avoid the depth of your dilemma. And some folk like to give God surface lies. And you know you got some in-depth stains. Some in-depth scars that's been tattooed on your soul. Some of y'all looking at me like you've been sucking on lemons all day. But there's some things that's burning down in your soul that every time you come in, you frowned up. You mad about something. If God's been good to you, can't no devil in hell stop me from praising God. Ain't no saint supposed to be saint, but they ain't. Stop me from giving God glory because God has been good. Y'all better get my organist, tell them to get out the hallway. I'm almost ready to go. And, and here it is. Here it is. Watch this. Listen, listen. Some of us need to recognize you'll miss out on your experience. You'll miss out on your experience with God pretending where you are not instead of admitting where you are. Look at this. We have to believe when we are Christians and know that you've been picked out to be picked up. If God was picked on, what makes you think you're any better than God? Some of y'all don't like this kind of preaching, but listen, he tells us in his word, such as I suffered, arm yourself likewise. Let me, let me, let me, let me get a little deep. Can I, can I cut somebody? Let me cut you because God got the stitches to sew you back up. Sometimes you got to be cut by the saints because God has the ultimate plan. I'm going to heal you. I'm going to restore you. And I'm going to allow you to rejoice. So many things you say might make me feel bad. I can't miss a friend that I never had as long as I got Jesus. That's enough. I declare I'm coming out of this spiritual rut. And watch this. Watch this. When you are willing to admit the death of your dilemma, God God has the ability to turn down the noise level in your life and give your dilemma a cutoff date. <laughs> Somebody should have shouted right there, Brother Cameron, because you know some folk been saying, Lord, I've been walking in this mess for many years, and it seemed like you just ain't hear me. But what the problem is, you ain't admitted that you in sin. You ain't admitted that you in deep trouble. Is there anybody here that knows when you admit to God just how bad off you are. How many know God will 
come and see about you. to admit how much trouble you in. Some people don't, don't understand is that we would rather blame the system than to look within getting focused. And some people can't press because they're too busy complaining about the pressure. Help me to hear the story of a young man and his mama. His mama would lay in the house Lay around all day on the couch. And she would complain about being out of shape. And being uh, uh, out of shape and out of whack. One day this boy come in the house. He said, Mama, I'm tired of hearing you complaining all the time. You're always hollering about if God would send you a husband, you'd be better off. He said, I'm tired. She said, what you talking about, son? He said, well, if you just sit up, you might feel a little better. When you sit up, you might start jumping. If you jump, you might start walking. If you walk, you might start running. And when you run, you'll find out daddy didn't leave you here in the other room. He got tired of dealing with the same stuff that kept him weighted down, being a couch potato. Sometimes you just got to touch your rope and say, I won't sit down on God today. I won't look down on my man, but I'm going to lift him up. Baby, you're sitting on the anointed rope. When I got Jesus on my side, I'm going to lift everything up that comes into contact. Just touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, I want to bless you by being in your presence. To the text. Yeah, sometimes you just have to recognize some folk gotta move away from you. You didn't you you done became a couch potato. I'm tired of being fat. But I want to be fat for Jesus, faithful, available, and teachable. And some folk don't understand the junk food that you share on your pew. Time is keeping you from seeing the presence of God. But how many know you got to press towards the mark? of the prize of the high calling. So sometimes you got to turn down your Kit Kat, your Snickers, your Reese's, and even your peppermint and say, I want what the Lord has for me because what God has for me is strictly for me. Somebody shout out, I'm coming out. I'm coming out. I'm coming out. halftime of the Bears-Broncos game. Y'all ain't missing much. <clears throat> Neither one of them any good. <laughs> but the second thing I see in the text is that you have to stop waiting for ideal circumstances. Uh, notice the man reply, uh, his, his reply was not focused on Jesus, but it was focused on everything surrounding the pool. He was convinced 
that the only way he can get in the water and heal this situation was to be the first to get in the water before anyone else. Now watch this. Sometimes because of your surroundings, we overlook the fact that the solution is right in your face. What did the man say? He realized that his circumstances had him there. But watch this. What he didn't recognize is that his circumstance cannot transform paralysis, nor can it transform withered legs. And some people are stuck in the rut because you give more credit to your situation instead of to the Savior. You'll give more time to what you're going through than giving some time to the one that can pull you through. And the custom was, watch this, that if you were first to get in the water when it was troubled, then you will be healed. Now, can I tell y'all what I saw in my spiritual and theological mind? This is what I saw. Y'all going to work with me? The angel had to get in the water, trouble the water, before he could get in the water. But this man's position, he was in for 38 years. And the scripture said it was five porches of sick people. But he was sick for 38 years. Now, Bethesda is 13 meters, which means it's 42 feet deep. But it's also 14 yards, meaning it's 42 feet long. But it got five porches. He had been waiting for the ideal time. Watch this. If you get in the water and you trouble, and I'm in another disposition, but yet I don't really know the angel is in the water. Yeah, y'all catch that. To me, it would appear that the water was troubled. Did you catch it? If you got troubles, but the porch is 42 feet long, and you got troubled minds and hearts, you get in the water, the first thing that happens when you put your troubled foot in the water is the water begins to. And so because I'm on the other end of the porch and I don't know exactly what Jesus looked like, but I see the water is troubled. The simple fact that I don't know it looks like I missed out. But how many know when God is present, you got to know when he's speaking to you. So if I can get to him, before I get to the water, I'm getting to living water. So now you can get in it as many times as you want because I'm already talking to the Savior. So that's what we need to do. Start talking to God before you get in the water. So now you won't be confused with who troubled the water. Just look at the text said when the angel would get in the water. And some Bible says from time to time, which means when. And here it is. When you're in a struggle, some people don't recognize God is right there before you. So it's in your best interest to recognize him as he stands in your presence. Watch this. Sometimes he has to tell you about the water. So you won't be afraid of the water. 
Talk, talk, talk back to me. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that what? He is our Lord and Savior, that he died for our sins. What's going to happen? You shall be saved. So if I tell you about Jesus, before you get to the water, you ain't got to worry about drowning because God will become a life raft. He can become a boat when you need him in deep sea. Is there anybody here that can say, I tried the Lord. I stepped out on faith. And he let me know I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Always by your side. I stick with you closer than a brother. How many know God will protect you? Well, my time is up. I'm coming out of this rut. I may not be saying that for me, but I'm speaking that for somebody else. That I'm coming out of the rut. If I had time, I would tell you, learn how to trust God instantly. Because the Bible says that Jesus gave the man three powerful commands. One was rise. Then said, take up your bed and then walk. If I had time, I would tell you the reason why you got to rise up and take up your bed and walk. Because when God speaks to you, he gives you the power to do so. Can I get a witness in this place this morning? And I know, I know, I know somebody's saying, well, if he told me to get up, why would he tell me to take my bed and walk? Now, can I help you? Y'all help me close this thing. The reason why he told him to take up his bed he says, because as you walk, I want you to just look back and see where the Lord has brought you from. If you carry your mat, you'll look back when trouble comes in your home. If he brought me through this, he'll bring me through that. If you look at your mat, when blood pressure comes, he's the same God that healed your migraine. If you look at your mat and think about diabetes, he's the same God that gave you blood transfusion. If you look at your mat and think about your arthritis, he's the same God that lets you walk through your pain and your struggle. I got a question I want to ask you. Are you looking at your mat? So now the Bible says when he was walking, the big question, shall you be saved? Why can't you do it? You should carry your mat because it's the law that you don't carry it on the Sabbath. The Lord wanted him to not only be a witness, he didn't have to wait not till the following week. 
because the Sabbath was Sunday morning. Anybody glad that he let you hold your mat even on this Sunday? Whatever you're going through, depression, just look at your mat. God did not give me the spirit of fear, but he gave me a sound mind of love. God did not give me financial problems because he said I'll be the lender, not the borrower. God did not let me walk in sickness because he says with his strength, I shall be healed. I got one question I want to ask you. Anybody carrying your mat, coming out of your spiritual depression, you can look back over your life. And when you look at your mat, you can say every time that I turn around, he just keeps on blessing me. Bless me in the morning. Bless me in noonday. Bless me in the evening. Oh, shucks, I feel pretty good. Bless me when I'm sick. Bless me when I'm sad. Why? Because God, he's a healer. He's a deliverer. He'll restore your soul. Is there anybody here that can celebrate with me? That can say, I'm glad that I'm coming out of this spiritual run. Why? Because God's spirit is within me. And when his spirit is in me, I shall not die. But I shall live. Anybody glad to be here? Can I get you to stand to your feet and just slide your hand around yourself and say, Self, when I think of the goodness of Jesus Christ, oh, my soul cries out, Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Do me one more favor. Just look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I'm coming out of this spiritual rut. I'm coming out of this spiritual depression. I'm coming out of the spiritual finances. I'm coming out of troubled spirits. I'm coming out of wandering souls. Why? Because one Friday, he went on the cross of Carl Calvary. They hung him high. They stretched him wide. He died. Didn't he die? But they tell me he didn't stay dead. All day Friday, all night Friday, all day Saturday, all night Saturday. They tell me the record is he died before lunch and he rose before dinner. Early Sunday morning, he got up with power in his hands. Do I got a witness that can say I'm so glad that Jesus, he lifted me. I'm so glad that Jesus, he delivered me. Do I have any survivors in the house that can say I got the victory and his name is Jesus? Do me one favor and I'm gonna leave you alone. I got a question I wanna ask. Can I ask my question? Ain't he all right? Ain't he all right? Say yeah. Say yeah. I'm coming out, I'm coming out, I'm coming out, I'm 
coming out. I'm coming out. I'm coming out. You get in your spirit. When you touch them, tell them, neighbor, be not weary and well doing. You'll reap if you faint not. Touch that same neighbor. Tell them, be not dismayed. Whatever betide, God will. God will. God will. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Yes, he will. Yes, he will. Say yeah. Say yeah. Say yeah. Say yeah. Y'all ain't feeling me this morning. Somebody know they should be shouting. Because the enemy tried to take you out. But because God had divine protection, how many know he becomes your savior? He becomes a paraclete. He that walks along with me. Granny called him Andy. She said, Andy walks with me. Andy talks with me. And he tells me that I am his own. I got one more question. And I'm going to leave you alone. Anybody a child of God? Are you children of the high? Are you a child of the living God? Well, testify and tell somebody this joy that I have. The why didn't give it, and the why can't take it away. High five somebody and tell them, I know that's right. I know that's right. I'm coming out. I'm coming out. Look at yourself and say, self, I don't know about you, but I'm coming out. I'm coming out. trying to leave it alone. I'm trying to let it go. I'm trying to let it go, deep breath. If you knew what I knew, been through what I've been through, I dance because he made me happy. I dance because he's been good. I can jump because he gave me the activities of my limbs. But if you've been through what I've been through, he never let my past affect my future. And because of that, I can tell him I made it. I made it. I made it. Go grab somebody and tell him I made it. I made it. I made it.
to you maybe you've been sitting at the pool too long and you haven't recognized that Jesus said you don't have to get in the water he says behold I stand at the door and knock 